Stafford, he has her remove her name from all of the reports, insisting that computers cannot author them. So they are completely crediting him for all the work, even mm-hmm. though she is the hidden figure uh, right. who's doing all of it. She's doing all the computing, and then she's typing up all the reports on it, and I can't even put her name on the report. It's, like, so sad. It's frustrating. Yes. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today is um, kind of a special episode. Um, So we're talking about um, a movie that actually came out a couple of years ago, but we are deciding to review it because of one of the characters the movie is based on her passing. So uh, Katherine Johnson, also known as Katherine Goebel, uh, passed away... um, it was like two weeks ago ish, mm-hmm. February 24th of this year. She was 101. If you don't know who she is, she um, was one of the uh, like mathematicians um, for NASA during the space race. And if you can put two and two together, we're talking about the movie based on her, uh, not her whole life, but just her, her professional life, the movie Hidden Figures. Yep, it looks like that movie came out in December of 2016, so... Not too long ago. No, uh, but this movie um, received a ton of critical acclaim, was nominated for several awards, including um, three Oscar nominations that year, Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer. Um, Unfortunately, didn't win any, but it did win a couple of uh, BET awards. It won... It won... uh, Best movie and best actress for um, Taraji P. Henson. So pretty cool. We really should have reviewed this in February during Black History Month. Damn it. Well, yeah. it's barely March, so. True. You know, it we're, was just, a- we're just a late Black History Month. Yep. Yep. Episode here. Um, so uh, so quick information about this movie um, before we get into the plot. It is based on the nonfiction novel by the same name, bo- by, the same name by Margot Lee Shetterly, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, it had a $25 million budget and made $236 million worldwide. Uh, it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, so again, very highly reviewed, um, and was the highest grossing Best Picture nominee at that Academy Awards, which I think was interesting. What won that year, 2017? Mm. Was that the year that Moonlight won, or was it Spotlight? I don't know. I don't know. Not this movie, unfortunately. Um it also had two Golden Globe nominations, Best Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer and Best Original Score. And it also won um, the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in, motion, in a Motion Picture. Um, there's some big names in this movie. We have um, Taraji P. Henson, who plays uh, Catherine Goble Johnson. Uh, Octavia Spencer, who plays Dorothy Vaughn. Janelle Monet, uh, who plays Mary Jackson. Uh, Kevin Costner plays Al Harrison. Kirsten Dunst plays Vivian Mitchell. Jim Parsons plays Paul Stafford. And Mahershala Ali plays Jim Johnson, who becomes Catherine's 
husband uh, about halfway or maybe like three-fourths of the way through the film. It's a pretty star-studded cast, and I just yes. I just Googled really quickly, and it was Moonlight, that one, and Janelle Monet started that movie. So in that same oh. year, she killed it with Moonlight and with Hidden Figures. Good for you, Janelle. Um, so let's get into the plot. Um, oh, and I didn't mention, um, you can, this currently isn't streaming anywhere, but you can rent it anywhere mm-hmm. that you can rent other movies. Um, we will get back to streaming films after this episode, but we felt that it was, well, we had both wanted to see this movie mm-hmm. and we thought um, to give respect to Catherine, again, who just passed, we wanted to review the movie. So uh, the plot, it follows three African-American women, Catherine Goebel, Mary Jackson, and Dorothy Vaughn in 1961 during the space race. Uh, the film starts with a flashback of Catherine as a young girl, and she is wildly intelligent. We flash forward to, not present day, but present day for the film, uh, which is 1961. Catherine works as a human computer in the West Area Computers Division of the Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia. And of course, because this was during uh, the uh, civil rights era, the unit is segregated by race and by gender. Um, And during this time, if you're familiar with history, um, we were kind of fighting with uh, the Soviet Union to uh, for just space travel. And they successfully sent Yuri Gagarin. Is that how you say it? No idea. <laughs> um, they sent a man into space. And this put pressure on NASA to send an American into space. And there's a scene where um, Al Harrison, who is um, like the director of the space task group, um, how he's like, how are we in second place in a two-man race Mm -hmm. to get to space? So that all rhymed, LOL. Um, uh, So again, a lot of pressure on NASA to get us into space. Um, Supervisor Vivian Mitchell, Kirsten Dunst, she assigns Catherine to assist Al's group, given her skills in analytic geometry. She became the first black woman on the team. Her new colleagues are uh, very dismissive and to be blatant, and just to be blunt they're pretty racist to her they don't help her at all they kind of look down on her the second she walked in they assumed that she was the janitor yep which i was like it's awful so offensive yeah and sorry no go ahead oh i was just gonna say that they like made a separate coffee pot for her which Mm -hmm. i was like where is this scene gonna go because she walks up to the coffee pot and and she's pouring coffee and everyone in the office like is staring at her Mm -hmm. And then the next day she comes in and then there's a separate coffee mug, which has like a label on it that says colored. Ugh. So sad. It's this movie really put into perspective. Like, I mean, we still have a long way to go, mm-hmm, but sure. how awful things were for African-Americans at the time. I cannot imagine living in that era. No, it just and like how normalized it was. Right. Like, um, I mean, there's they show a quick scene of just a man using um, a drinking fountain and a woman and her child like being like rushed away because he was standing there. It's just, it's awful. It's disgusting. It is. Um, but uh, anyway, so the biggest thing um, that is hard for Catherine in this job is there's no colored bathroom in the building that she works in. So she has to run back and forth to get to a bathroom in a different building, like on the complete opposite side. I don't even think it's on the campus. It's like like a a half a mile away. Yes. So so she has to run every time she has to use the bathroom. Yeah. Constantly running back and forth. Um, So she's missing a lot of work. 
Um, meanwhile, Mary is assigned um, to the space capsule heat shield team. She immediately identifies a design flaw, and um, Dorothy is kind of like the supervisor of of the um, the human computers, the uh, African American women division. Um, but Vivian says that she is not going to be promoted, even though she does the work of a supervisor. She says that they don't need one. Um, so there's a little struggle there. Mary um, receives encouragement from her team leader to apply for an official NASA engineer position. Um, but Vivian tells her she doesn't have the right credentials and needs to take certain classes. And there's this awesome quote from Mary. Every time we have a chance to get ahead, they move the finish line. It's so true because we find out that at this time, um, the only schools that have the programs that Mary needs to become an engineer, they don't, they're like off limits to colored people. Mm -hmm. So there's never been a, a specifically a black woman that has been able to get through this program and become an engineer because the program's just off limits. Mm -hmm. So she, because of this, she, um, she files a petition for permission to attend and she receives a court date. So she, she goes to court and she uh, speaks her, her truth and um, her desire to take these classes. And she's eventually granted the opportunity, but she has to take night classes that are also segregated but she at least gets to take the class yeah huge win even though that's super like limiting for her that she can only take the night classes but that way she's able to keep her day job and then do the night classes mm -hmm. and be on her way to becoming an engineer yep um so you can i'm sure you can tell just from the description of this movie it's following these three women and their stories they're all friends but all their stories and their struggles are different mm -hmm. um all in the name of women in science and black women in science and their struggles to just to get ahead and to, to do their job. Um, so Catherine, um, meanwhile, she meets National Guard Jim Johnson at a barbecue. Um, he vocalizes his skepticism about women's math abilities, which immediately turns her off. Um, but he later apologizes and the two begin spending time together in addition to her three daughters. So um, I it's mentioned briefly, but she's a widow. Her husband passes away. Um, so she's three daughters at home. I think her mom lives with her. Yeah, she's like their babysitter, basically. Yeah, helps out. Um, so he begins to spend time with her family. Um, there's a scene where Harrison, he invites um, all of the team, the mathematicians, to solve a complex math equation. Sounds very much like uh, Goodwill Hunting, kind of. <laughs> um, and then Catherine solves it, and they're all super shocked by it. But they're initially mad at her because she solves it with information she doesn't have the clearance to know. Um, they give her these, like, blacked-out sheets um, with... Honestly, a lot of this went over my head because I'm not a science person or a math person. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, I mean, they, you know, explain it well enough that you can get what's going on. Yeah. But what exactly happened there? Like she, So like, Paul had been um, blacking out, like, part of the equations and but it was like with a sharpie and so she figured out that if she held it up to the light that yeah. she could still see what it said which is why she was able to solve that equation but he was doing it because he basically didn't trust her and right. um said that she does not have the security clearance to know these equations which she's like i can't do my job if i can't see these equations so she's right. kind of cheating and using the light to reveal it basically yeah um paul stafford by the way is is jim parsons's character and he's just he, he redeems himself in the end, but he's just kind of an ass to her the whole time. Mm -hmm. It makes her job super difficult. Um, I think he's not only, like, doubtful of her and her abilities just as a black woman computer, but he's, like, 
offended that there's somebody that's more intelligent than him. Yeah, he had to He's be the like smartest jealous. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then there's this huge scene where Harrison, he's super mad that Catherine is frequently late or missing from her desk. And he finds out that she needs to run that half mile back and forth to use the colored women's restroom as there isn't one in the building. And she kind of has an outburst um, where she uh, criticizes her coworkers for their racist behavior, like being afraid to touch the same coffee pot as her and not helping her, making her job difficult. Um, And she walks out. And um, because of this, um, Harrison, he knocks down the segregated bathroom signs, says that she can use any of them in the building, and has this line where he says, at NASA, we all pee the same color. I loved that part. It was such a good move in the movie for him to, like, take charge mm-hmm. of defending her and defending all of the color women at the at the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of, in that little outburst, she also talks about how... Um, Vivian had told her when she was going to her first day that women can only the only jewelry that women can wear are pearls. Mm-hmm. And so Catherine, when she's when she's talking about this, she says that she doesn't make enough money to even buy pearls, um, which is really sad that she kind of talks about that colored women just don't make enough money yeah. in this industry That's or in true. any industry really to even buy pearls. So she feels like she's left out in that way. Yep. And he takes the the colored sign off the coffee pot and. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning, too, when she gets that job, Vivian tells her basically not to talk to Al, Mr. Harrison. She's like, keep your mouth shut, like, just do your job. Um, but it seems through their conversations with her that they are kind of becoming friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, so Catherine can't go to any of the meetings, but the information is changing constantly so she can't do her job every time she like you know gets an equation finished or she just does anything and immediately uh Stafford's like nope that's not good anymore you got to start over Mm -hmm. and she's like okay I need to go to your meetings or this is going to keep happening I'm not going to be able to do anything so um they give her clearance to go um and she figures out how to calculate the space capsule's re-entry for John Glenn's space mission um and despite this um Stafford, he has her remove her name from all of the reports, insisting that computers cannot author them. So they are completely crediting him for all the work, even mm-hmm. though she is the hidden figure uh, right. who's doing all of it. She's doing all the computing, and then she's typing up all the reports on it, and I can't even put her name on the report. It's, like, so sad. It's frustrating. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Dorothy is learning of the impending installation of the IBM 7090, which is an electronic computer that is basically threatening to replace everybody in the department. She's so smart in this part because she goes to the library and picks up a book about um understanding fortran and she like picks up the ibm machine book and starts to study that so basically she's trying to get ahead of the game Mm -hmm. and be an expert on the ibm machine so it's basically keep her job safe yeah and there's a funny scene where some of the the white males are trying to figure it out and they can't they're getting mad and she just comes and she's like oh just like changes one little thing and it works yeah just like nothing just like she just gets it right away um yeah the the library scene is is really cool because the librarian is like you're not supposed to be in this section she's in a white only section she's like okay well the colored section didn't have the book that i needed and so she steals it mm-hmm. and she, she gets kicked out of the library yeah and she so um stupid. she takes her she has her two sons with her and they get on the bus and she's kind of explaining you know the the shittiness of of what they have to deal with as as African Americans, and mm-hmm. then she reveals that she took the book, and they're like, "But mom, you stole it!" And she's like, 
you know, uh, my ta- I pay taxes and taxes pay for the library. So you can't take what you um, pay for, <laughs> which I thought was cool. Yes. Um, and then, okay, so when NASA learns of her new skills, she's promoted to supervise the programming department, and she accepts only on one condition that all 30 of her coworkers are transferred as well. Um, and then um, Vivian and her eventually start to, uh, well, Vivian starts to have respect for her. She always calls her Dorothy, but she starts calling her Mrs. Vaughn mm-hmm. to show uh, respect. And then as the final arrangements for John Glenn's launch are made, Catherine is reassigned back to uh, West Area Computers. They say that the demotion is beyond their control because they no longer need computers in their department, which is kind of a sad scene. Um, Also, meanwhile, uh, Jim Johnson proposes to her. Like, that's a really sweet scene. Mm -hmm. They get married. um, So she becomes Catherine Johnson. Um, The day of the launch, there are some uh, discrepancies found in um, the calculations for the capsule's landing coordinates. Um, John Glenn requests that Catherine be called in to check on them. She quickly does so, only to have the door slammed in her face after delivering the results to the control room. That was really shitty, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But then um, Al Harrison lets her back in. After a successful launch in orbit, um, a warning indicates the capsule's heat shield may have come loose. Um, Mission Control decides to land it after three orbits instead of seven. And um, Al suggests that they leave the retro rocket attached to the heat shield to help keep it in place. It is successful, and the Friendship 7 successfully lands back on Earth. Following the mission, the mathematicians are all laid off, ultimately replaced by computers. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) The technology is taking over the world. Um, Catherine is reassigned to the analysis and computation division. Dorothy continues to supervise the programming department, and Mary obtains her engineering degree and gains employment at NASA as an engineer. And I believe she was the first African-American female to get that role. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stafford brings Catherine a cup of coffee, accepts her name as an as a report co-author and then um, the epilogue um, with some like subtitles shows that Catherine later calculated the trajectories for the Apollo 11 and space shuttle missions and in 2016 she or sorry in 2015 she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom and the following year NASA dedicated the Langley Research Center's Catherine G. Johnson computational building in her honor which was really sweet because that's where she worked at that Langley yeah. Research Center. Mm-hmm. So they like renamed it. And they show some pictures at the end of, of the real women the stories are based on. Um, and I don't know if it was in the movie or if I just saw it when I was doing research on this film. But there's a picture of Catherine sitting by the sign um, outside of the building that's dedicated to her, which I think is awesome. So cute. And they they make a point and i remember when this movie came out and all the previews for it they you know said that you know the untold unknown story and it's true i didn't know about any of these women and their contribution no. to science and what they did to get you know a man into space not only a man into space but a man on the moon and just how they revolutionized the space program and where we would be without them it's incredible mm-hmm. specifically for black women um how how huge it is that they made this contribution and that, you know, it went unrecognized for so long. But I think that that goes to say for a lot of different things that have Mm -hmm. happened in history, that there's always people behind the scenes that are the people that are actually putting together the pieces to make something huge happen. And then Mm -hmm. they're just unrecognized, which is sad. I'm really glad that this movie came out because it, it um, was really like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like revolutionary for their, for them. Um, I wanted to also point out that there was a couple, like, really cool um, other little scenes, like, sure. when she was leaving the department after she kind of gets demoted, and then she's, they, 
she says that she's going to be getting married. She's engaged. Um, yep. They, the her like coworkers gift her a string of pearls. That was, was really sweet. sweet. Yeah. I loved that scene. Um, I loved that John Glenn specifically asked for her calculations because when they were having that meeting, he recognized that she was the one that went up and solved the equation that they mm-hmm. were having difficulty with. And he knew how smart she was. So he specifically, when he's like in space struggling and thinking he's going to die. Well, oh, it was before. Yeah, before they even it launched. It was before. Yeah, he, said he was specifically, nervous. Yeah, he was nervous, um, which, you know, he was the only one up there. So it would have just been him. Um, and he's putting all of his faith into Catherine specifically to like figure out the calculations which i thought was really cool and it was scary too like that scene where i mean like the the capsule like caught fire when it was coming back down to earth and mm-hmm. like they were afraid he was gonna die he was scary yeah and you know obviously it all ended up okay but it's just i never knew and i mean this movie does a pretty i mean there's only so much that they can tell without it being you know more of like a documentary or you know an informational movie on space travel. Um, there's only so much they could tell without it being one of those kinds of movies. Right. But I mean, I had no idea just the amount of math and no. just all of, and it's amazing now because, you know, we were born in the nineties mm-hmm. and we had been in space for decades. Like this was just life. This yeah. was the norm. Yeah. And to know how difficult it was to be able to, I mean, they show scenes of all the different, you know, failed tests that they did where all the you know the spaceships just essentially disintegrated or blew up or fell apart just it's amazing how far we have come and how you know people in our generation and in future generations will never know how difficult it was to get there yeah for sure even like just the fact that like IBM had basically just come out with this computer to do all these calculations but before that People were doing it by hand in an office. And mm-hmm. then, like, Catherine's job was to basically, at first, was just to check other people's work. So they would have, um, like, Jim Parsons' character would do the calculations, and then Catherine would double-check it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, obviously, the stakes are pretty high when There's you're sending involved, somebody yeah. into space for, like, the first time. You want all the calculations to be corrected. It's just kind of crazy to even think that, like, some of those extremely not only important but complicated calculations were just done by hand at that time Mm -hmm. stuff that you know when we were in school and we're thinking like why would anybody ever need to use this complicated algebra somebody somebody really did and probably still does it's Mm -hmm. just crazy work it it really is and this movie highlights that it highlights just Mm -hmm. the incredible work that these women did um it's a great i would say feminist film a, a great um story of of black women and the their contributions to science to the world to america and i am sad that it took me this long to see it me too <laughs> but i'm glad and uh, unfortunately the circumstance we had to see this movie i'm really glad that we had a chance to see it mm-hmm. at all um so i don't think that they when they released this film i don't think that they knew that it was going to be such a big box office hit oh yeah um especially with such with the low budget to start with mm-hmm. it's like 52 million right you said 25 so, or 20 yeah 25 million. million it's like nothing it, yeah um with you know these big blocks blockbuster movies what they spend on those so it's awesome to see that it was not only like a successful movie but it was recognized by so many people and it was nominated for awards and um like not only was a film like an excellent film really but it just like stood for so much 
Absolutely. We will talk more about this movie, um, maybe some of the, you know, differences between the real life events and the film and just our overall opinion. Um, But first, let's talk about what else we are watching. Okay, Nina, what else are you watching? Oh, I'm just just watching the same old. I'm still watching Shit's Creek. Now we're caught up to um, the live episodes, so we've been watching that on Tuesdays. Still watching This Is Us, still watching Grey's Anatomy. Um, we missed This Is Us this week because of Super yeah. Tuesday. What is... Oh, the, the primaries. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know why it was called Super Tuesday. I saw it came up like on my Google calendar and I'm like, is it a shopping day? What does that mean? <laughs> I wish it were a shopping day. I would have taken advantage. I, know. I got my tax return on Tuesday. So did you? I sure did. Nice. I, got, I don't know where we're at with our taxes. We a got them wonderful filed, feeling. have not received any, any dollars yet. So I, this is the one thing I will say. I will. Okay. There's many wonderful things about having children, but you are guaranteed money from the government just for having a kid. So that'd be so nice. That was like, thank you. The year that we, the year that we got married, we also bought a house. So it was like Mm -hmm. awesome tax return. And it has Mm -hmm. been disappointing ever since. (laughs) (laughs) What are you watching though? Um, so I'm rewatching a little show called Glee and (laughs) I thought you were, well, you said that you had started it and it was sad, but you're still into it. Yeah. Okay. So for those who are unfamiliar, um, the lead character, Corey Monteith, who played, uh, Finn Hudson um, died of an overdose in 2013 Mm -hmm. in the last few seasons of the show. And um, I had stopped watching at that point. It was so sad. I could not watch it after, after they did the episode where like he died. Mm -hmm. um, I just couldn't watch it anymore. It's just, it's very hard and sad to watch it now knowing what happens to him. And especially because he had a relationship with um, Leo Michelle who Mm -hmm. played Rachel Berry um, that part is hard, but it's also hard because Mark Salling, who played um, Noah Puckerman, um, got into some legal trouble, some really bad legal trouble yeah. later in life, it's and ended up yeah ended up taking his own life. So that's hard to watch too because mm-hmm. of him. More, not like I feel bad. I like just it's uncomfortable for sure. But I still enjoy the songs and the ridiculous story. It just doesn't make any sense. No. It's super unrealistic. But you know what? Do you watch Riverdale? Yes. It's like Riverdale, but with singing. Yeah. Just I like would say that. The, the horrible storyline and the horrible dialogue. They're just like looking for dramatics that don't need to be there. Exactly. But yeah, it does make kind of for a... It's one of those shows where you like don't necessarily respect the writing, but you're still sucked into it. Oh, like, I was so sucked into it. Like in high school, I actually thought it was like the best show ever written. I thought it was just like so groundbreaking. And I was, it was like, I relate because I was like in like musicals and stuff in high school. And now Mm -hmm. I watch, I'm like, oh my God, this is so stupid. Speaking of getting sucked in, I actually did watch, I worked a 12 hour shift at the hospital last weekend and I started watching Love is Blind. I've heard that that show is crazy. Well, I'm really not into reality TV, especially the dating shows, because I think they're just so unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if these people are getting paid to act like ridiculous or if that's who they really are. I don't really think that you can just walk onto a TV show and fall in love with somebody. True. But this was like, um, it's like an experiment. And I think it's interesting because 
Um, I don't think it could, be, it could be done again. Now that they've done this this season, like there were a lot of you know supposed surprises that the people on the show did not know what was going to be happening, and so um, I think that it is probably the rawest version of the show that would ever be made. But it's like a it's a show that where these people come on it that are single they're all from Atlanta so they could potentially have known each other like it's it's realistic in the fact that like if they do get together then you know they could just move in together in in Atlanta Mm -hmm. there's no like huge life changes but um for the first like 10 days they just talk to people through a wall and like build a relationship through this wall where they can't see each other and then (laughs) after the end of 10 days um they're supposed to like like propose basically like the men are supposed to pick like whatever woman that they feel the most connection with and propose and then they get to meet them in person and they go on a vacation together and see if they're like compatible enough to get married after four weeks so do multiple women get proposed to by multiple men no it actually i don't remember how many people like started out on the show but at the end of the 10 days, there's six couples that are engaged. And so then oh. those six couples go on this vacation um, where they get to, like, spend the night with their partner and get to know them and whatnot. And then at, if they continue to get along, they're, like, supposed to get married at the end of the series after four weeks. What if you, like, just don't want to get married and you just want to, like, chill for a bit? I think that, that I'm not, not an option? far <laughs> enough into it. I know what's going to happen because it's all over social media. But mm. I'm not far enough into this show to see, like, what like shenanigans unfold yet gotcha but it sounds like they can just break up or they're like supposed to walk down the aisle at the end of the series and then say like yes I want to proceed with this wedding or no that's weird Mm. I yeah I'm not a big fan of the dating shows either like I don't care for the bachelor and I know that it's like such a huge thing and people are obsessed with it Mm -hmm. I've never been into it there was a show when I was in like fifth grade that was on for one season and it was called Mr. Personality oh um, I think it was on Fox and it was all the men wore different like it's like masquerade masks <laughs> and it, it was pretty much the bachelor or the bachelorette but mm-hmm. all the guys wore masks so she had to pick a guy based on his personality mm-hmm. she didn't know what he looked like so that was kind of interesting um, yeah, so this is kind of a similar concept but it's both sides mm-hmm. and then you know you get together with these people and see if like your emotional connection is strong enough if you're not like physically attracted to that person True. after you meet them but everyone on the show is like physically attractive so i'm like you know what <laughs> like yeah i don't know i feel like Even that's not, not fair type but yeah nobody is like hideous yeah on this show. you gotta have a couple of like fives yeah <laughs> on that show you can't have all tens <laughs> but i thought it was really funny because i'm not i'm I was like working with some nurses and they were like, let's watch the show. And I was like, okay, fine. Like I'm not really normally into this stuff, but it really sucked me in because these people are so dramatic and it's like, I love drama. People are like, I just love drama, but I I love drama on television. Yes. And it's (laughs) like, people are literally saying that they're in love with these other, like with these people after 10 days. I'm like, seriously. No, I just cannot, cannot relate. Sorry. No, it's nuts. You know what I really want to watch? Um, this new show on netflix that lane told me is really good oh is it the witcher no it is hold on drum roll but, but we were just talking about he's just not that into you it's on netflix now but yes um i am not okay with this hmm what's it about it is um it well it has oh started playing the trailer how do i stop the trailer mm. um well 
angsty Sid navigates high school awkwardness, family drama, and an unrequited crush on her best friend while trying to rein in her budding superpowers. Wow. Okay. It is two of the kids from It, like the remake It, and I've heard it's really good. So I'm is interested. A, is it just one season? Yes. Oh my God. Ozark. I just saw is coming out at the end of this month. March That's right. 28th, I think. I need to watch that show. I need because to. Because I haven't. It's very, very good. Though I honestly don't really remember what happened last season. So I'm going to have to do a little refresh. That's the thing with these shows. When you binge them in like a week or less. Mm-hmm. And then you have to wait a year for the next season and then by the time you get to that season you're like I don't know what happened like Mm -hmm. you like forget so you have to like rewatch. that's the nice thing about these shows that are still actually on the air you can you feel more like you know what's going on like I'm also watching Superstore I got really behind and I just stopped watching it but thankfully it's all on Hulu so there's like five episodes I need to watch big fan of that show Mm. but um I think uh did you ever watch Dead to Me yes well, season two is coming out sometime this year. I don't know when, but it is. I need to look at their like the Netflix calendar and put it in my calendar. Yeah, we need to maybe just like post each month on our Facebook group. Like, here's what's coming out, y'all. Yes. Just so you know. I love it. Um, but anyway, that is what else we're watching. Okay, back to our review of Hidden Figures. So a couple of the like names behind this film that I did not talk about in the first half. Um, it was written and directed and produced by Theodore Melfi, I think. Um, and he honestly hasn't done a whole lot. Um, the biggest thing that I saw, he's done some short films. Uh, he's, he, um, he also directed, wrote and produced St. Vincent, um, which had uh, Bill Murray in it. I never saw that movie, but I, if you just like Google it, I'm sure you'll recognize the um, like cover poster or whatever. Um, other producers, Donna Gigliotti, who was behind Shakespeare in Love, The Reader, and Silver Linings Playbook. Jeno Topping, who produced Dr. Doolittle, Charlie's Angels, and was also a part of St. Vincent, and Pharrell Williams. Weird. Yeah interesting group and then the screenplay was also it was written by Allison Schroeder who um then Theodore took the script and like tweaked it a little bit he's the one who added more of like the uh the women's personal lives in addition to their careers so okay I I wonder what that movie would have been like without all of that um interesting fact a couple of other actresses who were considered to play the leads were Oprah Winfrey and Viola Davis does Oprah Winfrey like act in movies? Yeah, she hasn't in a long time though. Yeah, like not not really since she's had her her network, show right? and her empire. Yeah, the Oprah Empire. Seriously, she um, Davis would be good though too. She would. She's amazing. She was in the Color Purple in the eighties. Yeah. I think is when that came out. Yeah, but um, interesting. Uh, so I thought it was it would be interesting to learn. The differences between the true story and uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of, w- with any movie that is based on a true story, a lot of it's going to be dramatized 
because right. that's just that's just Hollywood. Or the that's, timeline isn't going to be perfectly lined up right. with in, real events. In this case, there were a couple of things that were added that didn't actually happen, but were more of just like a reflection of the time. And also certain characters like Al Harrison was not a real person. He was a collection of people that was made into one character. And um, Kristen Dunst's character, she wasn't a real person either. But obviously our, our three leads are real people. Mm-hmm. So the real Dorothy Vaughn, she was actually promoted to the supervisor. So in the film, she's not a supervisor until like well into the project. She was promoted to supervisor in 1949. And she was the first black supervisor at the, um, when it was NACA, not NASA, National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. And one of the few female supervisors at the time. In 1958, when NACA became NASA, segregated facilities, including the West Computing Office, were abolished. Dorothy Vaughn and many of the former West computers transferred to the new Analysis and Computation Division, ACD, a racially and gender-integrated group. So they kind of faked a little bit of that, I guess, for the sake of the story. Um, and it was actually Mary Jackson who was the one who ha- had to find her way to the colored bathroom, not Catherine. Um, Catherine was originally, this is funny, uh, originally unaware that the east side bathrooms were segregated and she used the unlabeled whites only ones um, for years before anyone complained about it. And she but just ignored the complaints. I like, feel like eh. that's what I would do. Like there's, for the amount of times that I have to pee in a day <laughs> because I drink so much water, like. There's literally no way that I would run a half a mile for every Mm-mm. single time. Otherwise, I would just not drink anything ever. Right. When <laughs> I used to judge forensics in high school, or, or no, when I judged forensics, high school forensics, um, sometimes we'd have tournaments at Creighton Prep, which if you're unfamiliar, is an all-boys school. And because of that, they have very few female bathrooms. Mm-hmm. There have been times where I just used a men's and I'm like, I don't care. Yep. I am going to use what's there. Yep. <laughs> Um, so that was interesting. Um, so that whole, one of the best scenes in the movie didn't actually happen. Like the whole, the sign coming down yeah. and uh, Catherine's big, you know, speech in, in the room didn't actually happen, it's which is unfortunate. Yeah, but it, I, I understand why they, they oh, added sure, it. Oh, yeah. Um, Catherine also said in an interview that she denied the feeling of segregation while she was there. She knew it was there. She wasn't, you know, ignorant. But she didn't really feel it. So, again, dramatized a little bit of that. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better that... It wasn't as bad as they portrayed it. Right. Um, there was one line in the movie that Jim Johnson says. It was when he, like, super offended Catherine the first time they met. And he says um, he was surprised that NASA would let women do something so taxing. Like, uh, I wonder if there was just kind of a different culture there because you have to be so smart to work at NASA. Like, they're not going to let anybody in there that's not, like, a genius to do computing. So maybe that, maybe the segregation, or not the segregation, but the, like, overall, like... It was, like, very exclusive. Yeah, and it's, like, super exclusive. I think maybe that it wasn't as openly racist as outside, in the outside world, maybe. Yeah. I think too, you know, when you think about, you know, times like this, again, we, we weren't alive for this. We, I still see racism today, but not nearly Mm -hmm. in this capacity, um, where it's just kind of in everyday life and it's normal, um, in everything you do, but it's, it's things like this in these, uh, 
these movies where you realize, I guess, just like how bad it was. Like Catherine, when she wanted to go into those meetings, and um, is it Stafford? Is his name? St- what? Yeah, Paul Stafford. Paul Stafford. Yep. When Stafford says, you know, well, she's a woman. Like, it wasn't even the fact that she was a black woman. She was a woman. She was not allowed to be in that room. That was another one of my favorite lines in the movie that she, or it was, um, it was Al Harrison's character goes, well, there's no protocol for letting women in these meetings. And, and Catherine goes, well, there's no protocol for a man, sending man into space or something. I liked that too. Yeah. Just literally could not imagine people i just i don't know we're so lucky that we don't have to deal with it i know nearly as much as as they did in that time because i don't know how i would react if somebody made a super sexist comment to me directly it's 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 definitely still there um but it's definitely you know a bigger deal than it was right and every company that i know of makes you go through you know, sexual harassment training. Right. So you know what to look for. Um, and that's why, like, I couldn't get, you know, and I understand it was just a product of the time, you know, it was supposed to be a depiction of the time. But that's why I couldn't get behind Mad Men. He was yeah. so sexist. And it, it just made me mad. Sure. Like, I'm just like, I cannot believe women put up with this shit just for years, for decades. Like, that's crazy. And then to be a black woman in the, in the 50s and the 60s trying to get ahead and just constantly being pushed down. Yeah. And just because of your the color of your skin or your gender. Literally two things that you cannot control. Yeah. At it's all. it's like, horrible. It's so sad. I don't know. I mean, it's just amazing that there were so many people that persevered through that and then things have changed so much because can you imagine like today if it was still that way? Oh, I know. How unproductive the world would be. It's true. And and I know there's a lot of uh conflict if you will um in in politics and mm-hmm. and gender equality racial equality these days i mean that hasn't really gone anywhere um that's always going to be there it, yeah but you know the one thing that i love and i don't remember where i saw it or where i read it but it was somebody who said you know these things happened because we marched because we protested right. and it's it's how things get done and it makes people uncomfortable and it makes people mad but it's how positive change Mm -hmm. happens you have to push or nothing's ever going to change and that's what these women did they they pushed they pushed themselves they pushed their colleagues they pushed their superiors and we got a man on the mother effing moon yes (laughs) so my favorite parts of the movie is that mary was so like she was just so perseverant about yeah getting into that college so that she could become an engineer and taking those classes like she had that petition sign she had to go to court by herself like she was like there's this is not going to stop me it's what a what a it's a movie about badass women yes it is love it and it's i think it's not just a movie that like anyone can enjoy but especially like women like it is a very like girl power I don't want to say girl power because that sounds really silly but I mean it is like it is it's very inspiring and again it shows you how far we've come and it shows you that anyone can do anything regardless of your gender your skin color and if you you know feel that you can't like there there is no you can't like you can even in times like this before you know the, I mean, this was like at the very beginning of the civil rights movement. They talked in the film about, you know, the the sit-ins and um, I think even 
somebody might have mentioned Rosa Parks sitting. I don't know when that happened. Was that 63 when she sat at the front of the bus? Mm, let me Google that real quick. Um, but, but they were, you know, they were talking about the beginnings of this. And so that was such a hard time. But these progresses were still being made. So imagine, you know, what we can do now with these advancements that we have. And also you have to think about too, like what, how much farther would we be advanced if we had let women and people of color into science, into the medical field, into, you know, education, how much farther we would be. Yeah. That had never been a problem. It's so sad. It is. Think of that. But hey, we have all, there's always time, you know, it's never too late. And that is the great thing about human existence. I'm trying to find when this happened, when she actually did the bus boycott. This movie was just a little bit over two hours long, but it really goes by very quickly, I thought. It does. It does. It doesn't feel long. Like sometimes, you know, when you see a movie that is over two hours, you're like, oh, God. Like you just, like I just, especially me because I fall asleep during everything. I see a movie that's over two hours. I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I can make it. But it's an easy watch. It doesn't feel, and it's only two hours and seven minutes, but it doesn't feel that long. Uh, Hold on. Uh, It doesn't matter. I don't, I can't find it. All right. Well, I think we've said enough. Should we get into our review? Yes. Yes. All right. Why don't you go first? I always do the review first. What would you rate this movie? I would say, I would say four and a half out of five stars. I'm trying to figure out why I wouldn't give it five whole stars. I, I don't really know. It's like not my favorite movie that I've ever seen, but I did love it. I thought everything about it was really good. Um, I would definitely watch it again, and I'm not usually a rewatcher of movies, but um, I loved that it was not only like educational about the time, but it was fun to watch there were some funny moments um there are some heartfelt moments it it kind of just hit on all of the all of the themes Mm -hmm. um I thought it was really really good so yeah I think I would give it like a 4.25 out of five I don't think it's quite a four but not quite a four and a half and the only reason is I felt that the story was a little choppy like the actual storytelling, I found myself getting a little lost. Mm. Like, wait, what's going on? Because again, it's these three women's stories, as amazing as they are, they were a little disjointed at times. I thought it was kind of strange that um, Catherine's storyline was like the main storyline, and that because they all were obviously like super significant, mm-hmm. um, like people to this story and to that time and to NASA, but. Um, I thought it was interesting that they kind of chose Catherine's story to like lead the way and then had these other two stories also kind of intertwined. I wonder if the three of them were actually like real life friends. I think. hmm. Hold on. Or if they just happened to work there at the same time. I do love at the very beginning of the film, there's a scene where they are, the three women are traveling to work and their car breaks down the side of the road and then they're confronted by this by this white cop and it really sets the whole tone of the movie because he kind of comes out like guns blazing like what are you guys doing and they're like well we work for nasa and then he's like oh oh yes uh you know Mm -hmm. respectable women let me escort you to work and it's kind of it's funny and then they're they're joking about how like it wouldn't normally be that 
three black women would be following or like chasing yeah. behind a white cop yeah um but it kind of sets the tone for the movie that like of the tone of the time and then also just that the movie is it starts as a struggle it's going to be a struggle mm-hmm. throughout but i but i agree too that you know them following kind of shows too that you know they're going to persevere and they're gonna right they're gonna kick some ass and take some names um but yeah that is uh that is hidden figures um, I just wanted to give an RIP to uh, Katherine Johnson. All three women, um, I believe Mary died in 2005 and Dorothy died in 2008. Um, so they both, and from what I read, both from natural causes, and I believe Catherine was the same. But I, I'm just amazed that Catherine lived to 101. Yeah, that's that awesome. That is astounding. I'm not sure what her first husband died of either, and they didn't go into it in the movie, no. but... She was married to Jim for 60 years, and he died in 2019. So he was 93. He was a little bit younger than her. But, like, dang. So awesome. That is what happens when you remain unproblematic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. That was Hidden Figures. A little homage to our women in NASA. Um for the rest of the month, we have some really exciting things for you guys. Um, we have a St. Patrick's Day themed episode next week, so look out for that one. As always, if there's anything that you guys are watching that you want us to talk about, please let us know and we'll add it to our list. But until then, keep on streaming. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.